And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. I almost said them together and didn't allow you guys to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we got an exciting uh, show here today. Coming up four days from today, of course, is Independence Day, the 4th yeah. of July, a very important day in American history. And um, how did that day come about? Anybody want to help us uh, uh, explain well, where this came from, the well, 4th of July? The 4th of July, of course, comes from the Declaration of Independence being signed on the 4th of July, 1776. And, uh, of course, by that time, the the battles of Lexington and Concord had already been fought and and other battles, and we knew we were fighting for our independence at that point. It's really great to look back at that, to look back at the faith of some of those, to look back at the occurrences that occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, We had no business beating the British. (laughs) We, Mm -hmm. We... you know, from a human standpoint, we really had no business beating the British. Some would say the odds are stacked against you. Absolutely. Yeah. The, only, the only advantage we had is that they were fighting on our turf. They were right. fighting on our turf. Uh, that's true. But some some peculiar things occurred during the American Revolution, which was very surprising. And, um, you know, for example, that uh, that we happened to have get the French on our side. You know, normally yes. we would never have had... Lafayette. Yeah. And hmm. we had Lafayette coming and uh, the French Navy who who boxed uh, Cornwallis in at Yorktown. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had a lot of things that happened. Our uh, commander-in-chief, George Washington, uh, should not have been alive mm-hmm. for that one. He, uh, he should have been killed at the Battle of Duquesne. Hmm. Um, and during the French and Indian War, uh, there were Indians that were picking him out just to shoot at him. And I believe at the end of the battle, I don't remember how many holes were found in his coats. Oh, my. In his uh, several, uh, more than three. So you're hinting at the providence of God oh, here. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if I was on the streets of um, the land in those days, would I hear a strong British accent among my fellow countrymen? No question. <laughs> no question. Uh, yeah. Must remember that uh, from from the Puritan days up until at least what is called the Great Awakening, almost every person in the colonies considered themselves a British citizen, mm-hmm, right? And, and British culture, and uh, that was the motherland. Yes, these were the colonies. But something happened in the Great Awakening. Uh, many historians, uh, some very prominent ones, believe that actually the Declaration of Independence, in one sense, took place in the hearts of the American people during the Great Awakening, which mm-hmm. was a religious, massive religious revival up and down these shores from uh, Maine to Georgia, in which the American people began to understand themselves as the American people, oh, yes. which led eventually to to taking up arms against the injustices that they perceived uh, that the British were foisting upon them. Now, what yeah. time frame was that? About uh, 30 years before okay. so. Yeah. 
You're talking 1734, 36, sometimes the very start, but it's through the 1740s. Mm-hmm. Through the 1740s, up to about seven. Just yeah. think of, of between 1730 and 1750. So if yeah. I was um, a Christian in those days, uh, walking the streets again here, just imagining this uh, thought experiment, and I walked into um, a faithful, what I would call a Bible-teaching church, what kinds of doctrines would be preached from the pulpit in those days? Well, it would be uh, very conservative salvation doctrines, doctrines that were were brought out from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the Episcopal uh, Church was very evangelical in those yes, days. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so was the Presbyterian Church, The Presbyterians are extremely evangelical to the point that, and I can't remember who it was, one of the, the, the Brits called the American Revolution the Presbyterian Revolution. Presbyter- oh, yeah, Scotch-Irish Presbyterian Rebellion. Rebellion, yes. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was the king. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the king called it that because he recognized that some of the formidable leaders, and of course then you have Witherspoon and some right. others, mm-hmm. uh, but but it really was a, a Calvinistic revolution, if you will. Ninety percent of Absolutely. the people at the time of the American Revolution were Calvinistic of one sort or another, Episcopalian. Okay. Presbyterian, awesome. Dutch Reform, mm-hmm. Baptist, uh, Baptist yeah. uh, all the way down the line, and probably half the Methodist even. I have, um, in fact, I, I'm going to ask you to open that closet behind you, and uh, certainly our listeners can't see this over the air. I'm just going to grab something here. Hold on. I want to show you a plaque. Go right ahead. We're eager to see it. What do you have here, Dan? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no wonder. I see it now already. Oh yeah, and um, a good good buddy of mine. Uh, this, we're talking history here. A uh, good buddy of mine, Eric Winchell, and uh, he gave me this, and I had it framed. And what it is, it's a it's a letter of recommendation uh, for Conrad J. Elmendorf, and it's dated May the twenty third. 1852. Hmm. And so um, Conrad apparently was a deacon in a church uh, right nearby. It was what they called the Old School Baptist Church of Christ in Olive and Hurley. And right up there it stands today. It I don't, does. Know, I don't wow. know if it's a church or not, but it stands up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but this got me thinking about our relatives and how that, um, well, from a practical point of view, um, the people in that area would typically, I think, go to the church that was in that area. They wouldn't right. be prone to drive yes. as far as we do today. More of a parish concept. Yeah, I think so. And um, that church was a Calvinistic Baptist church. Um, and so um, you got me thinking when you mentioned the, the Calvinist emphasis um, during that time yeah, frame. Yeah, a lot of German and Scotch-Irish uh, Reformed people yeah. and Dutch. Yeah, yeah. And one of the questions I had, now I'm jumping way back in history, um, and we'll take, a, we'll take a short break here real quick, but um, I know that the Elmendorfs first came over to America in 1667. Now that's, uh, what, 109 years prior mm-hmm. to the Declaration of Independence. What would conditions on the ground have been like then, I wonder? Just a question I have. A, a fervent uh, mm-hmm. a Puritanism. Uh, mm-hmm. In the country, um, okay. it it uh, the initial Puritan revival were probably still not over. They had a number of of uh, uh, of revivals mm. during those times, so people were quite fervent in their devotion and worship. Mm. Uh, the country was very religious, if you want to put it that way. 
Have you ever asked yourself the question, and then we'll take a break, if I had the choice, not that you had the choice, but if I had the choice of um, not having all the gadgets, the nice car, this, that, the other thing, and um, having America's religious fervor where it is today, versus maybe not having too much physically, uh, but having a great religious fervor in society, which would you prefer? Which would you take if that was your choice? So with that, we'll uh, take a short break. Today we're talking about the 4th of July, Independence Day. It's coming up four days from now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Well, it's uh, four days to go yet, and it will be the 4th of July, Independence Day. That is our subject today here on A Plain Answer. Uh, We just got done reviewing just a little bit of the uh, religious fervor and sentiments in that direction that existed on the ground uh, during the time of the Declaration of Independence, and even prior to that, uh, much was due to uh, um, some very fervent Calvinists, um, some Puritan thought and revivals. Um, Let's uh, set the clock ahead and start looking at uh, America today. Um, You know, prior to the break, we asked you the question, uh, if you had the choice, you know, just hypothetical, you want to keep all your toys and cell phones and beautiful cars, but have um, kind of a lack of fervor for Christ, or be in a society where uh, people love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, and they're serving Jesus Christ, and maybe they don't have much, which would you choose? 
And uh, that's a very telling question for you to ponder over in your mind. Uh, Here we are uh, today, being um, June the 30th, 2012. Uh, We've come a long way, haven't we, from the early founders of America. Uh, I feel like, you know, I, I walk down the streets of Kingston or maybe in the town of Ulster and I think, Am I in America? I, I look and I say, I, this, is, this is becoming weird. Is it just me that feels that way, or how do you guys feel? I agree. And things are becoming weird. And, and part of it, first off, when this nation was founded, the founders recognized that it was by God's grace. By his grace. And he is the one who supplies our need. He is the one who is sovereign over all. Mm. Now we're coming to uh, a situation, and especially where the government is trying to be sovereign over all. Well put. And that, I think, is a huge mistake. And when the government is sovereign, it is tyrannical. Well, the colonialists, uh, I'm speaking of the Puritans now in the colonial period, uh, they knew that if the state was sovereign, they would not be free. They knew if God was sovereign, they would be free. And they understood, and so did our founders, just go back and read some of the language, that you probably cannot keep a democracy without also being Mm well-grounded religiously. Because democracy is for a spiritual and a moral people. Otherwise, you cannot take it. Uh, And you cannot keep it. So, yes. And and there's something else they had. They actually believed that America was a unique founding I believe that, that, that too. That it was unique. Yes. And it was. Uh, it was a city set on a hill. Yeah. And that it had a place in the world raised up by God so that the whole nations might see, hmm. not that we would impose democracy, but that they would see it and come to an understanding of the God of the Bible and the relation that that would have in the blessings that accrued yeah. in, in uh, spiritual and political liberty. And, and that's hmm. true. And it was worn out just a little after the founding of the nation in the early to middle 19th century when Alexis de Tocqueville came and visited the United States and he was trying to analyze what made America great. Yeah. And uh, he said, I don't find its greatness in its natural resources. I'm paraphrasing grossly here, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't find it in, in, in this and that. He says, you know where I find it? I find America's greatness in its churches. Isn't that interesting? America is great because America is good. And when they cease to be good, they will cease to be great. You know, there's an interesting story of a mm-hmm. Lutheran pastor by the name of Muhlenberg. Yes. Well-known name down in the Philadelphia area out yeah. in the central Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And he was at the eve of the American Revolution. He was preaching in his pulpit. Now he had the long black Lutheran robe on and... He was preaching his text, actually, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You know that passage, to everything there is a season, Mm -hmm. a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die and a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. And he goes all the way down there and it says, uh, a time to love and a time to hate and a time for war and a time for peace. And with that, he threw off his robe and underneath of a musket, <laughs> and he led his congregation out to the American Revolution. Well, my sons yeah. would love that one. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Not enhanced at all. Yes. So yes. that was the fervor, religious fervor that led to yes. fighting for religious and political freedom. Now, that's a very important point yes. you, you raise here, that uh, religion, and we're talking about 
the religion of the Bible, that uh, religion produces freedom. Can we explore that just a little bit? How how does that work? Well, where Christ is, there is freedom, and I think that's the one thing where you do have the greatest freedom because what happens is when you don't have Christ, you put people in their place. Well, for people mm-hmm. to, to – sooner or later, they've got to make it conform to make it whatever they want work. And I think that's what we've seen just recently here. We've got this health care bill, and, and what is it going to do? It's going to make you do something right. to make it work, you know. And so we've, we've lost our freedom. We've, we, um, I, I don't want to insinuate uh, that all religions lead to freedom. We know one religion that's uh, huge and around the world, particularly the Middle East, that does not lead to freedom. Yes. It leads to darkness. But uh, make no mistake, uh, when people are sovereign – rather than Christ, when the state is sovereign, mm-hmm. it is a leviathan. It oh, yes. is a beast that will make you conform. Yeah. And um, uh, the only real freedom, of course, uh, is in Christ. And it's not only spiritual, but it is also social and political. I was just going to say, all you have to do is look at, uh, look at uh, Marxism. Wherever it has taken over, who does it see as its biggest enemy? Mm-hmm. Well, look at, the, look at the nations. Just go around the nations and count yeah. those who have the most freedom and right. ask what was the basis for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and Marxism, sooner or later, has to get after the Christians. Why? Because we're such revolutionary people that we're, we're always uh, planning insurrection? No. Not at all. But because the heart of it, the freedom of the gospel, and they yes. can't stand that. And it also um, promotes um, personal responsibility, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Uh, when you have a, a moral code that we have, for example, in the Ten Commandments, where it says, Thou shalt not steal. Oh my, what implications that has for us. Uh, in other words, uh, thou shalt not steal also applies to not legislating theft at, right. at the governmental level, uh, because uh, I am not to covet what my neighbor has. Mm-hmm. It's not mine. I am, rather, if I'm a believer in Christ, I'm to bless them and right. say, praise God that God has blessed you yes. this yeah. way. I, I rejoice in it. Yeah. Redeemer uh, broadcasting here depends on people who've been blessed so that we might That's be true. blessed yeah. here. It's true. I had a, uh, a conversation with a Marxist when I was in uh, graduate school, and uh, he had come to faith in Christ. Mm. And he had actually taught philosophy in Brazil. He gets to America, and he came uh, to faith through the ministry of Francis Schaeffer, and I was talking Beautiful. with him a little bit. And uh, he told me something I never forgot. I asked him, what is the difference between Marxism and Christianity? And he said, this is the difference. He says, Marxism looks at people and says, look what they have. Yes. Go get it. Yes. Christian hmm. Christians look at people or society and say, look at what they don't have. Go give. Yes. Yeah. But it's not coercion. No. By the government. The government can only take, mm-hmm. really yeah. and finally, can only take from one group and give to another. Now, you reminded me of something. Um, you know, the uh, tendency of human beings is to... Um, to go the route of First Samuel eight, exactly. Where, where thinking, you were thinking that too. we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, where Israel rejected God as king, and yeah. they and they said, you know, we want a king, we want a king, and blah blah blah. And then it says, and the Lord said to Samuel, 
heed the voice of the people. This is such a sad statement from our Lord. In all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And then it goes on and it spells out, I'm going to just let you read that, Mark. Some of the all, the, uh, all the stuff that's going to happen. Oh my! Yeah, he will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields and your vineyards, your olives groves, and gives them to your servants. He will take a tenth of your grain, yes, and your vintage, and give it to the offerings and, and servants. Can, can I stop you there for exactly just a minute? Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, here we go. We're on the same. We hadn't rehearsed this, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. But you know, um, God says that if you have a government that starts extracting from you as much as the tithe, it's wrong. Think about now, where are we today? Exactly. And, and that's the first time it says a tenth. Yeah. He comes down here, he says, he will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. Yes. I mean, that's, that's sorry, folks, this is where we are right now today. And uh, Our government's I, taking a lot more than a tenth. The class warfare is has been a means... Uh, to take from one group and their labor yes. and to distribute to another. And what this does is it, 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 it delinks, if you will, economic prosperity from morality. You really don't right. have to get out of bed every day and work because you, you will get something. You bet. And uh, no matter how hard you work, we will take what we want from you. I want to share a personal story. I mean, three miles from here, my dad, who is a senior, lives on Acorn Hill. His property is paid for, and we were talking the other day. He doesn't know how he's going to make it. Think about this. The property is paid for. He has no debts, but because of taxation, this senior may be put out because he's going to pay his taxes. He's worried about these taxes coming up. They come up, what, September. He'll have school taxes. He'll have land taxes, when, whatever the date is. And um, how do you do that as a senior? And the tendency, the temptation, can I call it, is to look to big government for more handouts. I'm not saying this of my dad, but that's, that's really all that people are left with when we become more and more socialistic. If you have no God to follow, if you have no God that, that takes care of you, if you have no God who is the one who has formed your nation and led you, then that's where you go. Yeah. Francis Schaeffer uh, spoke about that in, in How Should We Then Live? He mm. just said, you know, you get to this point and people are looking for humans to be that God. I mean, yes. you know, we, we this talks about a king. Well, what? We may not have a king here, but what do we have? We have a federal government that's overarching and acting yeah. like a king. The, the government, uh, in some ways, has become the new opium. Yeah. They are advertising uh, to increase the food stamp program so that sure. almost every American is hooked on the government drug, and therefore you will always you will always vote for a larger and larger and larger government yes. to give mm-hmm. you what you can. But let me say, if a government gets that big... To grant you these things, it can also take them away in a heartbeat. And it will. And they will. And, and they it will. always have. Now, let's uh, have a concluding uh, remarks here today. I see we're almost out of time. Um, we're looking forward to celebrating Independence Day in four days from now. What s- steps should we take as I'm just a one little tiny citizen here? Um, I'm a Christian. I want to I bless other people. 
Um, we want to see um, America return to its godly roots. What can we do? Well, first thing is, if you want to be free, you really have to be uh, responsible for yourself. Mm. Because, uh, again, there's always something attached to those so-called gifts. They're not gifts. They're a way to keep you thinking a certain way. Moreover, if you're going to be responsible, you have to be responsible in a way that is pleasing to God. Mm. And that is, uh, again, Mm. it takes us back to the source of our freedom, which is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and of course, that is the Spirit of Christ. And and, and it is through the gospel of Jesus Christ that we have a certain uh, personal and and political freedom. And I don't see Mm. how any other way that that can be realized. That's what I say. What was one of the greatest impetuses for the first American Revolution, the first Great Awakening? And I say... We, as Christians, need to be praying for another great awakening, mm. and we might have another great revolution, you know, maybe not a violent one, but a, a revolution right. in the hearts of the people to turn their hearts towards God. Right, and pray in community, right? Absolutely. And, and God willing, next week on this program, we'll talk about in community, namely being in church and in fellowship with the people of God and looking to God for His blessings, and uh, may God grant it so. Today, this has been A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We're talking about the 4th of July. This entire uh, broadcast is up on our website. Check it out at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Quick reminder to join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.